Welcome, everyone, to Play the Kids. We are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and part of the Beautiful Game Network. I am Kevin McCamish, and you can find me, as always, on Stumptown Footy and the USL Show. This week is actually a uh, super fantastic. My normal co-host, Josh Duders, not here, uh, unable to make it this week. But I think we got someone even better. T2 player, and I think usually captain when you're on the field, if I'm right, Josh Phillips is with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you very much for being here. Been trying to kind of work this interview for a while, kind of organize with Kevin and try to just, you know, find a time that works out. And two bye weeks or just one bye week that kind of goes a bit longer? Yeah, one one bye week that just um, uh, runs like 10 days, something <laughs> like that. A little summer break, so. Yeah, a little, um, mid, little mid-season break. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and start interviewing Josh, and then I'll let him pop off so that way I don't take up too much of his time, and I'll finish off the, the normal episode. So, Josh, um, you got to forgive me for starting off with this, but I'm going to give some people some background. You were born in Seattle, Washington, playing for the Crossfire and Sanders under 23, trialed in Germany, I think, a little bit, came back, joined FC Tucson, and then your, your pro career kind of starts when you joined Colorado Springs in 2015, right? Correct. So we totally don't hold your Seattle upbringing against you. <laughs> um, at Colorado Springs, I, I felt that you were a very a vital cog in their defense. Um, from the outside looking in to me, I think you always kind of seemed like a key member of the squad. Um, I was always happier when, if for some reason you weren't in there when we played you versus when you were. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit, how did you make your way to uh, the Timbers organization this season? So uh, coming back to the Northwest, uh, was kind of always a goal of mine. My family's uh, all in Olympia, Washington, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a young brother. He's uh, 11, and felt like I was missing out on a huge part of him growing up and just being back in the part of the country that I love. So this off season, uh, I kind of made it my mission to find a home back in the Pacific Northwest, and was in contact with the Timbers and. I uh, was really fortunate that uh, they had interest and made it happen. So that was, uh, it was, it happened pretty early on when uh, the communication started. As soon as the season ended, I, I kind of just narrowed my team search to really, it ended up just being the Timbers essentially is where I uh, wanted to play and uh, thankful enough that it worked out. Nice. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so tell us a little bit about your your kind of your place in the squad. Like I mentioned, you you seem to get the captain's armband when you play. Um, so I'm kind of assuming you're a leader both on and off the field. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm one of the older guys uh, on the roster, and there's a bunch of like young guys that uh, I think someday I'll be fortunate enough to say that when I look at them on TV, I'll say I played with that guy. But, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of guys that don't have a lot of experience. And uh, coming from last year, a bunch of guys that weren't accustomed to what it what it kind of takes to win in the USL. And they brought me in to be that kind of role on the field and kind of be a role of what it takes uh, to be a successful player off the field. And, uh, yeah, I've been working with Cam and Gregor and how to – be better at that role and it's been it's been a lot of fun for me i've i've really enjoyed it that's awesome is there are you at all 
trying to uh, fight or earn your way potentially into an MLS contract? Or are you just here mostly like you know, to kind of help usher those younger players into just kind of how to be a really good professional soccer player? I mean, I definitely aspire to be uh, an MLS player. That would be a dream come true to play for the Portland Timbers. So uh, I don't uh, know per se what's uh, in the minds of uh, the organization, but I just got to know, just got to go out every day and do what I can to make everyone else better around me and keep improving my game. That's awesome. Um, So tell us a little bit about, how you provide leadership and and kind of how maybe you share your experiences as a player with those that are still young, still developing their game and, and kind of, and just kind of how to, how to be a good, you know, a, a good professional. Yeah. So uh, I think one thing that I offer a lot of insight on is, is that I, I've been around for a while. So I'm, I think I'm getting pretty close to a hundred USL appearances and I've seen people come and go and I've seen talented people come and go. And I mean, all these guys that I'm in the locker room with every day, I don't, I don't want that to happen to them. So constantly trying to do my best to pick them up and make sure that they know uh, the opportunity that's at hand uh, and push them on the field. I mean, I, I'm uh, thinking of myself as extremely competitive and, pride myself at being a practice player and uh if i can push somebody to uh fight an extra inch at practice then uh, i think i've won the day excellent it's it's really good to kind of get this perspective that we the media but certainly as fans like don't get to see so in past seasons i felt that there was more of a disconnect and maybe there wasn't, but from the outside looking in, I kind of felt there was more of a disconnect between the first and second teams than maybe there needed to be. And how, like from your, from a player's perspective, how do you feel the communication is between the first and second teams? Like, do you feel all the coaches from Savarese down to Gregor are all on the same page? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool that I, uh, that I didn't, as I played at the Colorado Springs Switchbacks, I felt like uh, there wasn't anybody watching the games. Like I was like, oh, I had a great game, but I highly doubt any MLS team in the nation was watching it. But uh, now it's pretty cool because uh, all the staff will come up and uh, talk about this or that in the game and uh, this or that in practice and where you can improve and how you can be better. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, we, we have a lot of first-team guys that have came down and played with us this year, and they've all had outstanding attitudes, which is something that I didn't experience always in Colorado, too, when you get one or two players on loan. But uh, with us this close to them and eating lunch every day with a lot of the first-team guys, and I don't know, it's it's pretty cool and a pretty cohesive unit, it seems like. Well, that's actually really good because it kind of leads me into where I was going next. And again... You know, I, I don't. I got got to kind of compare this season to the previous three because you guys have been doing so fantastic in 2018 compared to uh, previous seasons. But it feels like so many more players across the organization are on the same page than there had than they have been in seasons past. So usually, when first team players are, have been brought down to T2 in the past, it felt 
like it kind of disrupted chemistry and maybe the way T2 were trying to play and, and in the past has ended up in, in kind of a far from ideal result. Sometimes a little disastrous, but this season's been, seems to be much smoother. Chemistry seems to be much less disrupted. You know, when you have players like Vitas, Espria, um, I think even David Guzman's, uh, came down for a game or two. Yeah. He um, did. So, so how, do, how does training work? Like, you know, I don't. We don't. <laughs> I haven't been out to training the training grounds this year at all. In the past, T two usually trains separately. Is that still kind of the same way? But but the coaches obviously communicate more. Or do you guys have more mixed trainings? Um, sounds like the camaraderie is like really good between all the players. Yeah, the camaraderie is great. Uh, the the training sessions are going on at the same time, but are on different fields. Uh, so the first team will practice. Uh, on one field and we'll be training on the other and players hop over when they're needed or uh, when they're asked to. So there, there is some, uh, some bounce back, I guess, for people switching, uh, going back and forth and training with both, both teams. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I can't touch on years past cause I, I don't know what it was like, but yeah, uh, yeah. I do know that this year it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fluid. There's not, it doesn't seem like there's really a disconnect seems like everything is uh, pre-planned and there's an awareness of what's going on on all levels. That's that's really good. Yeah, because, I, I mean, in seasons past, like when I had gone to training, it was usually the first team trained, you know, on one either the grass field or the turf field. And then T2 didn't train until after they were done and off the field. So they, they weren't at the same time. So with T2 this season, statistically, best season ever, um, how – how do you feel T2 is doing? Um, are there any expectations among the players and or coaches on what T2 still needs to achieve this year? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the coaches expect the most out of us. We And same with the players. I don't think that we think we have achieved anything yet. Uh, and, we, and we haven't. Uh, I've, this is my fourth year in the league, and it's midway through the season. No, nobody, nobody will remember the mid uh, the first half of the season if you don't go out and uh, perform the second half of the season. And uh, I think that is uh, something that Cam has, has made clear. And he's he's said multiple times that we should be uh, hunting for a trophy this year because of the talent that we have in the room. And, I mean, I definitely believe in it. Uh, I think the guys believe it. And uh, I, I don't think that we, as a group, think that we've accomplished uh, anything yet, which is which is awesome. Cool. Well, you guys are, it's it's certainly exciting this year to kind of watch how things go. I know that the two most recent games probably did not go as 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 were you guys were hoping. I know I know it was the first time this season you took two losses in a row. Do you want to talk about either of those games at all? I know when we lost OKC Energy um, at Providence Park, that was a two-one loss. You were on the bench. The other game, when your previous team came to Merlot Field, I believe you were on there for 80 minutes. That one, that's not as much, not a, a little bit worse of a loss. Yeah, that was a bad loss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if we could talk about other things, it'd be better, but if you want to dive into it, we can. <laughs> uh, it's, all, it's all good. Just like Maybe just real quick, what, what do you guys do as, as players – um, to kind of like prepare yourself for the next game when something like like the 
the Colorado loss happens? How do you guys prepare and what do you guys try to do to make the next game uh, the result better? Uh, I mean, usually you try and get away from it. Uh, like I'll, I'll go home and uh, usually watch, watch the game over. But uh, after that, uh, take what I need to take from it and then forget about it, essentially. Forget about the result and take from, from it bits and pieces that you can improve in. And, don't end up uh, don't end up on a podcast where you're talking about the loss. <laughs> yeah, and don't, don't end up on a podcast talking about how you got just destroyed. But uh, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then uh, I mean, get get out and compete. I think for me is the biggest thing. Like to get out the next training session and uh, get it get it out there and just work work hard. And I don't know. That's I think that's the biggest thing after after taking a loss is to get out and compete and get everybody on the same page and get everybody hungry again to get a result. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, I think you guys will do just fine when you travel to Fresno. Yeah. Uh, it is, is it a way to Fresno? I believe yeah, it is. On the 30th. Yeah. Yeah. So one last question. And as someone who was born in Seattle, I'm going to have to ask this. Yeah. How, how much do you hate the Sounders? And note that only answers quote, a lot or above will be accepted. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'm a little salty. Uh, I grew up there. Uh, I went to the first March. Uh, my family was season ticket holders up until the day I signed as a timber. Uh, so, I mean, I've, I grew up going to all the games. I went to the majority of the Timbers versus Sounders games growing up. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing more than I want to – stick it to them every time we play i'm just like kind of like a born in seattle timber for life type of person <laughs> yeah it I'm, I'm i'm uh completely on board with just uh the the disdain for them here in portland nice there's a uh timbers army covert ops group uh taco if you will <laughs> i'll just join that so those are the timbers fans that are that live in and have been and work up in seattle so there you go <laughs> might have to, might have to <laughs> seek them out when there I'm up you there. Go. awesome awesome well hey man i really really appreciate you uh you coming on the show i know there's a, a couple little cutouts there but nothing i can't fix in editing really appreciate you coming on taking the time and and there's lots of good information really really thanks man yeah no thank you so much for having me it's uh pretty pretty neat being in uh, a city like portland and all the support that is around us awesome awesome cool well you have yourself a fantastic night man and then if you're looking for this episode it'll be out tomorrow morning hopefully um play perfect i'll give it a listen awesome thanks man yeah thank you kevin all right so that was josh phillips and again thank you so much for coming on super awesome um, so that was super exciting, but let's get through the rest of news. Since I know we had spoke a little bit about losses, uh, that does bring T2 from second to fourth after not picking up, uh, any real points at home. Unfortunately, um, had they gotten the six points on offer, they'd still be in second place, but only two off the top. As, uh, as I spoke last episode the monarchs um had a had a have an unfortunate coaching situation and it does appear to have been affecting them um as they have struggled like they picked up another loss um so i think they only gained one or three points instead of six 
Uh, Phoenix, however, uh, they gained six points. Um, they defeated Vegas and Tulsa. They combined 7-0. So they are now the ones in second. They sit three off the top. Um, Sacramento jumped us for third with three points gained. They only had a, a 1-0 win and a 1-0 loss in league play. Um, but unfortunately, they were able to, to grab third real quick. And and behind T2, you know, from fifth down, it's the table is really kind of clogging up. Fourth through tenth, only separated by six points. Swope Park, uh, Rangers, right behind us, fifth place, only one point behind. They do have a game in hand. Um, so hopefully when T2 travel to Fresno, um, can pick up a win there. And I think we've got some home games after that that uh, will provide us a good opportunity to uh, to kind of kind of catch back up. So even though uh, T2 did unfortunately lose twice, we still lead the league in shutouts. You know the the, the whole defense: Josh Phillips, Mangles, McIntosh, the whole defense. Uh, everybody's still doing very well. Uh, you know, really, the only blowout loss I think we've had is that four-one loss. Um, to Colorado. I don't particularly count the 4-2 loss to Salt Lake uh, or Monarchs uh, a blowout because I think, you know, for me it's like two goals or more kind of a kind of a thing. Anywho, getting into semantics. Um, T2 still up there. Fourth place, still in the playoff hunt. Plenty of the season to go. I think uh, we're just starting to approach the halfway point. Uh, so obviously the losses hurt a little bit. T2's previous um, blazing 1.857 points per game pace has unfortunately slowed to 1.625 points per game um, over the 16 games they've played now. But it, like I said, mentioned to Josh, first time the entire season T2 have lost consecutive matches. But you got to look at the bright side um, because for a team that did almost nothing but lose consecutive games in the previous three seasons. Getting almost halfway through the season before it even happens for the first time, huge improvement. So you know, don't 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 look too bad at, the, at these two games. Uh, I think you know, with, with the way we've talked about T2 in the past, a, a, a significantly different season in 2018. Improvements across the board. Uh, so many players are doing so well. You know, and in the fact, I think that some of the players are do- performing so well. Like you know, Savarese is taking notice and you know these first team guys that were signed or, or first team signings that were loaned down you know i think when you when you're a little bit thin with the world cup and injuries you know they're starting to get the the looks they're starting to get the bench on the first team but that that provides an opportunity for the players that have not played as much with t2 to kind of get in there and get get some minutes and you know well i think we'll see things turn around so uh like i mentioned t2 lost at providence park two, oklahoma city energy to one um, I don't want to go into too much. His team lead was just, I had not expected OKC to try so hard. Um, I had literally had mentioned the last episode, which was recorded the night before the game happened. I was like, oh, six points, super easy, because OKC is a garbage team, you know? And if we beat Colorado at home, of course we'll beat them at, you know, here at, or beat them away, we'll beat them at home at Merlot Field, no problem. So unfortunately, uh, I was wrong, and I guess maybe I I kind of jinxed the team. I don't know. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but but the thing that I took away is I just wasn't expecting Oklahoma City to try so hard. I, I was pretty truly shocked at their ability, at their pressing, and their energy. You know, former Timbers Khalif Al Hassan apparently signed for OKC Energy, and I didn't realize that until he was playing, and then I think assisted on the first goal six minutes in. So. I think if I was shocked that they were that OKC Energy came out to play, 
I think maybe T2 was as well. But like I said, I mean, OKC Energy went up in the sixth minute. Langsdorf got him back in the game in the 48th or 50th minute. I don't remember. Um, but he came back, tied at 1-1. Um, just unfortunately, T2 dropped that that final goal uh, towards the end um, in the second half. And, uh, and that was going to be about it, uh, unfortunately. Um, good news, though. Timbers won the fifth round of the U.S. Open Cup, 1-0 versus LA Galaxy. Also a game I'm not really going to get into since there wasn't really any T2 involvement. Um, the nice thing with that one is uh, MLS had the week and week off for World Cup, um, so mostly full-strength squad for both sides. Timbers were the victor, which was really good. Um, the key takeaway from this one is actually last night. Um, let's see, this is Thursday the 21st. So, yeah, yeah last night, Wednesday 20th, um, Los Angeles Football Club, the other L.A. team, they defeated Sacramento Republic 3-2. to two. So LAFC, uh, I guess they host. Um, they'll be hosting the Timbers in the quarterfinals in July. It's it, it took LAFC until the 89th minute to get the game winner. So um, kudos to Sacramento for putting up such a good fight and representing the USL uh, pretty well against the expansion side. And then really interestingly with this whole thing, uh, I think the Timbers are going to be spending a number of days in Los Angeles because they will travel down to L.A. to play LASC in league play, in MLS league play, and that'll be on Sunday, July 15th. And the quarterfinals are scheduled just three days later, July 18th, so they won't have to go anywhere. Travel to L.A. on Sunday and or Saturday and stay until Thursday, probably. So there's that, and... I really hope the Timbers do very well in the U.S. Open Cup. It would be nice to see a trophy, particularly the U.S. Open Cup, which I don't think we've gotten yet. Um, I don't remember which season specifically it was, but there was a season where the Timbers made the semifinals. Maybe it was 2013, I remember right, and RSL knocked us out, just like they did in the Western Conference Finals. I think that was the year RSL really had a number. But I digress. Um, after that, the other game... Uh, T2 unfortunately lost 4-1 to Colorado Springs Switchbacks, and that was at Merlot Field. Um, again, it's a team that has had their struggles, Colorado that is, that, uh, you know, they, I guess they seem to be wanting to climb up out of the non-playoff side and, and get into the playoff side. It was a team, I think, both them and Oklahoma City um, fell well under their expectations this season so far. Um, but somehow they came to Merlot and delivered. Uh, well, they, they delivered T2 their second four goal, four goals against match of the season and got all three points, unfortunately. Um, Harold Hansen, though, scored his first pro goal and, uh, Modu Jadama gets his first assist of the season. Um, that was the Timbers going up 1-0 early on in the first and then it just kind of all sort of goes wrong after that. Colorado Springs, I think, didn't score any of their goals until the second half. I think T2 Brought it, uh, brought it one nil at the break, but but unfortunately it was it was not a good second half. And so, you know, like Josh said, you got to kind of as a player they uh, they try not to talk, try not to think about it, learn from your mistakes and move on. So I think we'll we'll kind of go with that. Like it's like I, you know I'm thinking at this point I'm gonna be going with a short episode since I don't have my usual Josh, Mr. Duder, um, and the interview with. Uh, Mr. Phillips went a little bit faster than I expected, but that's all right. Um, players to watch. Well, Josh Phillips, of course. Um, I do enjoy watching him play when he gets the when he gets a chance. 
you know, I think beyond T2, it's, uh, you know, you gotta kind of rotate and provide, and everybody's gotta get minutes, um, more rotation maybe on a, on a second squad like that than, than a more independent-ish side like Colorado or a fully independent side like, you know, some of these other USL teams. But I think overall, it's, it's good to watch all these different players play. Like, like I'd mentioned earlier, a lot of them, these two losses aside have been doing fantastically and that's kind of, that's starting to earn them looks for the first team. So I have the hope that, you know, maybe we'll stumble a little bit this early summer, June, July ish, um, a little bit here, a little bit there. But I think if these other, if the other players that maybe weren't getting as many minutes in the first half of the season, get more minutes and, and get up to that level where T2 has been at this year, I think we'll do just fine. I think it'll be good to think of Josh Phillips, like I mentioned, like I have, I've watched him since he's played in USL. I watched him with Colorado Springs and when we played them and I was like, if he was on the, on the, on the uh, 11, I was like, Oh man, T2 is going to have a, a rough go. And if, I don't know if he ever wasn't, um, last season, I believe he played every single game. So the two seasons before that, I think he kind of worked up like 28, like 30 games and then like 32, uh, so, yeah, I mean, he actually might be over 100 games now. I think he's, but yeah, I think he's right. He's getting pretty close. Anywho, great player. I was super excited when he signed. I was like, that's awesome. Like that, when, when the Timbers assigned him, I knew, I knew our defense was going to get better. And, and it certainly has. Again, <laughs> again, the two losses aside. So, uh, no fourth division news. Um, nothing from PDXFC, um, FCM Portland. Lane United or the under 23s, um, since unfortunately Duder was not able to make this episode. Um, up next for T2, they travel to Reno on June 30th. I think I was wrong. I said Fresno earlier, didn't I? Oh, the Timbers had already gone, or T2 had already gone to Reno, but I must be wrong. Let me just double check this real quick. Yep, Saturday, June 30th, they travel to Reno. I was mistaken. I was thinking Fresno because that's the next home game. So, Right after they travel to Reno on the 30th, um, they come back to Merlo, take on Fresno on July 8th, um, and then two more home games right after that. So this episode, um, it's going to go up a week earlier. I know I've been trying to do every other Friday. At minimum, I have been sticking to Friday releases, which makes me very proud. Uh, but this week, we're going to go up a week earlier due to some scheduled maintenance at uh, the Be- uh, Beautiful Game Network. So um, since their scheduled maintenance is going to be occurring all week next week, um, and that's code for the one guy who uploads my episodes on the network is going to be on vacation. <laughs> Love you, Mike. Um, that's going to prevent an episode from being uploaded on my normal day. Um, and since Josh was available today, I think it all really worked out. So, um, this week, this episode, then there's going to be three weeks off for us. Um, kind of our own little summer mid season break for play the kids. Um, so our next scheduled episode should be out, uh, Friday the 13th, July 13th. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you can find me on the internets. Uh, I am at KMCamish PDX. I am also sometimes behind at Stumptown Footy when tweeting about the T2 games. You can also find me at the USL show at PTK podcast and Josh can be found behind at Joshua R. Duder, and usually sometimes we'll find the, behind the uh, PDXFC Twitter account. Um, and again, huge thanks to Josh Phillips for coming on the show. Um, tons of fun. Uh, thank you very much to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. 
Get your custom scars for your group or team at roughneckscars.com. And, of course, thanks to the beautiful game network, uh, where you can find us, Play the Kids, on bgn.fm or playthekids.com. And don't forget to subscribe using uh, links on our website. You can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Uh, via playthekids.com. And one thing I forgot to mention to Josh, I've got a fat stack of Play the Kids stickers. So next time I am at the stadium, I will drop a couple stickers off and make sure they get to you, and you can you can give them to a couple of your teammates as well. So, again, thank you very much uh, for Josh. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck, Beautiful Game Network. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as short as it was. Uh, again, thank you very much for listening, and everybody have a fantastic uh, rest of June and mid-July.